Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Stocks fell on Wall Street overnight as the likelihood of a pre-election stimulus deal seems remote. The Nasdaq dropped 0.8%. The Dow and S&P 500 both fell more than half a percent. That negative sentiment has spilled over into Asian trade. Tokyo and Seoul are both in the red. Sydney is bucking the trend, though, trading some three quarters of a percent higher. Joining me now to discuss the biggest market stories is Ryan Huang. Ryan, it's Thursday. How's it been so far? Yeah, one day closer to the weekend. So it is better than yesterday. (laughs) I like that point of view. All right, let's talk about a topic close to my heart, and that is K-pop. We start the morning in Seoul. One of Asia's most prominent music companies, Big Hit Entertainment, has gone public. Big Hit Entertainment manages a hugely popular K-pop band, BTS, and that popularity translated into big demand for big hit shares prior to the IPO, the company just started trading a little over an hour ago. So Ryan, how's it doing? Yeah, big hit, really a big hit this morning. (laughs) And just to point things out in terms of numbers, the IPO price was 135,000 won when it opened for trading just around 8am Singapore time. It already more than doubled to 300 or 270,000. And then from then on, it doubled in the half hour into trade and hit its daily limit of a 30% increase. So it is really doing well this morning. And I guess it's not not a surprise when you think about how you're so oversubscribed. You had nearly um, the oversubscription numbers of more than 1,000 times by institutional investors. And for retail, it was oversubscribed by 600 times. So when you think about how much money that is being raised, you are looking at the largest IPO in three years. So it's raising $820 million and Big Hit is now valued at around, uh, well, the IPO pricing valued, valued it at around $4 billion. And this now makes it even larger than the next three labels combined. And it is, of course, making the founder a rich man. So I, I think one thing, though, to look out for down the road mm. is what is going to be the appetite to sustain this? Yeah, Is it going to be a one-hit wonder? And it's also <laughs> interesting to note that this is amid the backlash that BTS is getting uh, on the back of its comments around the Korean War, which is getting quite a bit of backlash in China. So despite that, it is still doing well. And I, I think the risk now is the institutional, institutional investors, mm. they own about... 30% of stocks that are locked for three months and they can sell it after the lockup period. So mm-hmm. will they sell it off? And the last time we saw this um, lockup period around uh, SK Biopharmaceuticals, after a three-month lockup, we saw the stock price plunge 10%. So you have to look out for the lockup period to expire to see if um, the smart money is going to sell off. Yeah, interesting comparison on the point of churn. But just on the point of the backlash, it doesn't appear that that backlash has impacted BTS in terms of its music success because it still held the number one spot on Billboard's Social 50 chart since July 2017. That's 200 straight weeks. And we know that BTS success is the motor behind Big Hit Entertainment's profits. It netted $86 million last year. So just to backtrack a little, last I checked, they were trading at above 300,001. That's about 350 55 Singapore dollars per share. Is it still around there? It is still trading around there. So I think um, it can't really go up anymore because of the daily limit. Mm. So uh, it is really 
creating quite a bit of buzz. If you look at the other three labels, the likes of um, JYP, the likes of YG Entertainment, SM Entertainment, uh, those stocks are actually down. So it is pretty much the uh. one of the few bright spots in the Korean markets today which are down. All right, interesting. Let's turn to banks now. We're in the midst of reporting season. And yesterday on Your Money, we talked about JP Morgan Chase and Citigroup. Today, it's Wells Fargo and Bank of America's turn in the spotlight. Wells Fargo has the biggest issues overall. Bank profits, though, are proving to be resilient during the pandemic. What's giving the banks a boost, Ryan? Yeah, so if you look at what's going on with uh, the banks, mm. they went into the earnings season with rather low expectations, so the bar wasn't that high. So they beat expectations on most fronts. Uh, but when you dive into the details, uh, there is a bit of a cautious tone when it comes to the outlook. And I think that is what investors were focusing on. So the likes of Bank of America and Wells Fargo um, were reflecting that the low interest rate environment would become a bigger pain in quarters to come. In fact, if you look at what happened in the quarter they just reported, it was already being factored in. If you look at the net interest income for BOA, that was down by 17%. And for Wells Fargo, that was down by 20%. And net interest income accounts for about half of the bank's revenues. And uh, it's a double hit for Wells Fargo because their trading arm, it's not as big as the other like other other banks like um, JP Morgan or Goldman Sachs. So they are going to be struggling even more compared to the other banks. But in terms of good news, they did see a bit of, uh, I guess, bumper earnings uh, for Wells Fargo in its mortgage business because mm. of low uh, interest rates. But the thing is, is this going to be sustainable when you think about how potentially more uh, Americans could suffer in terms of um, wages, job cuts, potentially when the stimulus um, is not forthcoming. Uh, and if you look at Bank of America, they saw some fees rise in its credit card business. Um, but once again, is that going to be sustainable? Uh, investment banking fees typically go up. Trading income typically is higher when things are volatile, and mm-hmm. that was the case in this quarter. But I think investors really focusing on the outlook and guidance that the low interest rate environment and what they are seeing in terms of lower loan balances is going to reflect weak demand from corporate clients for loans and growth. So that is one factor that's going to paint a tougher picture for banks in the coming year. Mm, and also whether that stimulus package will come through and what the shape of that will look like because banks have benefited so much from massive government stimulus to keep the U.S. economy afloat. They receive fees for implementing the U.S. government's Paycheck Protection Program, which provided forgivable loans to small businesses to help them continue to pay employees. So Ryan... How did investors really receive the latest bank results? Okay, if I take a look at what's happening for their stock prices, uh, looking at Bank of America, stock price down over 5%. um, And this was also partly because their trading revenue, even though it's good, wasn't as good as its other competitors. Uh, Goldman Sachs uh, was up 0.2%, and this was on the back of its trading income really doing well, uh, doubling. So, or rather twice as high as what analysts were looking out for. Mm. And look at Wells Fargo, its top price tumbled 6% after reporting a plunge of profit in, um, in the, to the tune of 56%. So that is uh, pretty much a mixed bag of results from banks. 
All right. One reason people used to look to bank shares were those steady dividends. And so the flip side of that is, you know, bank shares increasingly out of favor now that dividend payments are being slashed in part for regulatory reasons. So if big names like HSBC and Westpac have scrapped or reduced dividends, where then can investors turn to for better returns? Well, I was reading a really interesting article in Bloomberg this morning called Where to Find Investment Income. So, Ryan, what are some sectors that still have strong dividend policies. Yeah, very good point, Michelle, because a lot of companies under stress try and conserve capital and you've got the likes of HSBC, Westpac Bank in Australia, Japan's Nissan Motor, either scrapping or reducing dividends. And that is likely to stay that way for some time to come. So where can you look for dividends or income? And some of the areas worth looking at could be the Taiwan technology sector. And this is off the back of that trend we are seeing right now, 5G data centers, next generation smartphone um, markets. And that's because, of course, Taiwan has a lot of the uh, ecosystem and value chain inside, um, the, inside the market. So that's something you can look for for maybe sustainable dividends. And another area to look at, companies benefiting from the COVID-19 pandemic. So this will mean these companies will be more cash rich in terms of uh, cash flow. So this could see them return more cash to investors, for example, glove makers or Mm. medical suppliers. And you also have physical infrastructure, possibly a play for consideration when you look at things like telcos, um, REITs, materials. That's one space to look at. And one more area is uh, whoever's exposed to China because of its pretty much rather um, steady recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. So that is another area that could do well. All right, turning to the economy now, there's been an alphabet soup of names for how the shape of the recovery could eventually look like. We've talked about the quick V-shaped recovery, which could be taking place in China, the longer U-shaped recovery, and the K-shaped recovery, where some people or sectors do better than others. There's a great article in the Business Times this morning about Singapore's recovery. So which letter of the alphabet are we on? Yeah, so maybe this year's recovery will be brought to you by the letter (laughs) K and... Um, We are looking at, like you mentioned, a couple of sectors doing well, more so than others, and this includes advanced manufacturing, IT, financial services leading the way, and of course, very obviously, the industries not going to do well will be those exposed to um, aviation, tourism, hospitality for quite some time. So those, that is the picture you have right now, a rather uneven recovery and this, of course, off the back of the latest numbers we got yesterday around is our third quarter GDP, which mm. we saw uh, strength 7% year on year. Improving, though, from the previous quarter's record plunge of 13.3%. Uh, so, of course, right now, the focus is on how do we uh, support the areas and sectors that matter uh, to make sure things can um, be sustained and jobs can be kept. And there'll be one focus for the government to be looking at in terms of their policy measures. Of course, uh, they have extended the job support scheme for some of those sectors, uh, the loan moratorium for um, some sectors as well. So for now, it looks like the numbers are showing a bit of a recovery. But the big question is what happens when these policies and grants are gone? Will we be able to get more sustainable growth?
Mm. All right, let's check in on Singapore stocks because we are 16 minutes into the local trading day. The Straits Times Index fell half a percent yesterday to 25.55. How's it doing this morning? Okay, it is a rather subdued open this morning for Asia. Rather makes if Australia is up because um, of the energy sector. Oil prices overnight were higher by 2%. But otherwise, most markets in Asia are down underwater, tracking pretty much the sentiment we took over from Wall Street. And that was off the back of Steven Mnuchin saying that a deal for stimulus is unlikely. So that continues to weigh on markets across Asia. And for Singapore right now, uh, we are taking a look at most STI stocks in the red. And that is now seeing the STI down 0.4% at 2,546. All right. Happy Thursday, Ryan. Thanks for this. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.